This episode is brought to you by Abbott. Hi, Mike Gibson and Suzanne Barron coming to you live from TCT 2019. We always talk about, you know, the primary results of the trial that we improved lifespan, but then it's always, did we not only add years to people's lives, but did we add life to those years? And how much did it cost us? So today you presented two very important analyses, one on the mitral side, one on the aortic side. Talk to us a little bit about both of them. I don't have an envelope. I usually have an envelope to do the cost effectiveness stuff, the back of the envelope calculation, but walk us through it. Sure. Um, so the first thing that I presented on was the cost effectiveness of the mitroclip uh, in the co-apt population. And just like you said, we know that uh, patients who were treated with the mitroclip demonstrated uh, improved mortality as well as reduced heart failure hospitalizations. Um, but at what cost, mm -hmm. right? You know, this is a costly technology. The target population is large. And so what is this going to cost, you know, the U.S. healthcare system? Um, and so we performed an economic analysis alongside the COAPT trial, um, and uh, what we found was that the index hospitalization for the MitraClip procedure was expensive. It was about $48,000. However, mm -hmm. that was offset in follow-up by a savings of about $12,000. So mm -hmm. patients who were treated mm -hmm. with the MitraClip um, utilized $12,000 less of healthcare than the medical therapy group over two years. Two years. Exactly. But this is, that's a sunk cost at the beginning, and that keep, that's the gift that keeps giving over many years, right? Exactly, and so we projected our findings over a lifetime perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and what we found was that mitroclip treatment, not only was it more effective than, mitro, uh, than medical therapy, but it was uh, also it was more expensive overall. And in part of that's because people are living longer with the mitroclip therapy and it costs money. They, they utilize healthcare with those extra life years. Nevertheless, we found that mitroclip was a uh, it was a, uh, of acceptable economic value um, to the U.S. healthcare system. We calculated an incremental cost effectiveness ratio of $55,600 per quality adjusted life year gained. And just to kind of give an idea of benchmark, mm -hmm. anything under $50,000 per quality adjusted life year gained is considered to be of high economic value. Right. And of course, dialysis is always the benchmark. What's that come in at these days? That's coming in at about thirty to forty thousand. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, the interesting thing too is, is you know, this where this number, this fifty thousand, comes from. You know, it, it's derived from the uh, per capita GDP, um, mm -hmm. but that was actually drawn from two thousand eleven. And see. so, it could you be know, very different. Could really be a little really different, different now because we're yeah. you know eight nine years down the road. And that's the U.S. number. Mm -hmm. Nice in the U.K. is always a much more stringent. Exactly. I wanted to say stingy. Stringent. <laughs> What's the kind of number in U.S. dollars in the European system? You know, it's hard to know, and I, and I was thinking about that. How do we translate these findings, you know, from the U.S. to, to other healthcare um, mm -hmm. uh, systems? You know, when we did our sensitivity analyses, you know, looking at varying benefits and costs, because that's what's going to vary. The costs are going to vary sure. in different healthcare systems. You know, we found that there really wasn't that much variation in the costs, depending on, you know, very kind of wide extremes. Um, but what there was variation in was in the benefits. Now, I would expect that benefits are not going to change no matter what country you're in. Right, right. Um, it's going to be the cost. And so even with those changes, we still found that it was pretty cost effective. Good. And over on the aortic side, what did you find there? 
So in that, we were looking at uh, health status uh, after TAVR versus surgery in the partner three low risk uh, population. Mm -hmm. And you know we know that you know uh, was presented at ACC earlier this spring the uh, positive effects on mortality, decreased hospitalizations, and stroke. Um, but you know the question comes: Are our patients going to feel better? Right. Exactly what you said. Are we adding you know life to years? How is right. that going to work? Um, and that's even more important. It's important for all patients, and I think even especially so for these low-risk patient populations who are, you know, still working, still have many years of life left. Um, mm -hmm. So what we did is we uh, examined the difference in both disease-specific and generic health status um, between the two groups, and we found, you know, similar to the high-risk populations, we found that at one month, patients who were treated with TAVR had a significant improvement over surgery. Not surprising, patients sure. with surgery are still... They're like they got hit by a Mack truck. They yeah. sure do, yeah, they're still recovering. Mm -hmm. But interestingly, and this is in contrast to what's been seen before, we also found that there was a persistent health status benefit at six months and a year with TAVR. It was small on a population level, but it was there and it was persistent. I mean, that's something that we haven't seen before. Yeah, very, very important. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to share all this. Thanks for Hope having me. Hope you had a great me. meeting. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from TCT 2019.